I'm going to kind of just get started. Tonight is going to be a little bit different than, than what we've had the, the last couple of weeks and this kind of idea of, of following the Apostle Paul through his, through his trials and through, through what I like to call what happened to him, what has happened to me. And um, we're going to kind of bring this thing to a close, but tonight's going to be a, a little bit more application. You know, we've been talking a lot about encouragement and, and, and changing your perspective and changing the context of, of what these things do and what these things are trying to do, what God's doing, what he can do through them. But tonight's going to be a little bit more application, and I've got a lot of scripture to get through tonight, So, uh, but it's okay because it's the Bible, right? Amen? So we're going to be in Philippians, and we're going to be in chapter 1. I'm going to start at verse 12 and... I'm going to kind of just go till, you know, I feel like it. <laughs> Is that okay? Y'all trust me? All right. Um, probably going to end somewhere around uh, verse 22 or something like that. Starting in verse 12. Y'all there? Y'all good? Rachel always gets mad at me. She's like, they, they didn't let me get to my spot. So I want to make sure y'all are there. Make sure I'm reading everything right. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach Christ out of pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know that I have been appointed. (laughs) Come on, somebody. When you know that God's positioned you, when you know that God's appointed you, there's not too many situations that arise that that God doesn't show up in, right? And, and, And Paul knows this. Paul knows that, hey, God's in this situation. I've been appointed for this. Can't preach yet. I gotta get through this, Pastor Josh. Help me out, help me out. Hold on, okay. I'm going to chase a little rabbit. But what about the three Hebrew boys? You know, fire was heated seven times hotter. I say boys. They wasn't little boys. Y'all know what I mean. Fire was heated seven times hotter, but they found a fourth guy in that fire. The only thing that was burned was the ropes that bound them, right? Here's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that sometimes the situations that we find ourselves in are the, are, are the very things that will set you free. You know, that, I bet that sucked. <laughs> you know, I remember reading that story and they're like, even, even if God doesn't deliver us, and I was like, listen, <laughs> I'm like, I really, if I was in that situation, like, not gonna lie, I don't know that I could have said that, right? Because I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this fire that's getting hotter and hotter and I hate, Okay, I hate fire, but I love fire. I have a love-hate relationship with fire. I had a bad experience. I used to be a, a pyro, and I, I loved it. And I remember um, one time I was working with Tony Hart, and uh, we decided rather than taking all this stuff to the dump, it was a lot of wood, we were going to burn it, and it had been snowing. And so I'm like, hey, let's use the gas from the lawnmower to start the fire. And so I poured a little bit of gas, and of course I'm smart. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to just light it from right there. And so I do a trail of gas all the way 
around, right? And I take, a, I take a lighter, and I light it, and it lights. But I notice that this isn't going out. And so I start to step on it, and it's all going good. I thought it was going to be funny, you guys. Um, this was back when, like, the old Navy fleeces were really popular, and they're extremely flammable. Might as well be wearing gasoline yourself. Um, the last, like, couple of feet, I was like, <laughs> and I jumped on it. And when I did, the gas had soaked into the ground. And so I'm a little robust. And so when I pushed on the ground, the gas came up and the flames, like, it shot around me. But then my, my jacket caught on fire. So I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to die. I'm like, I don't want to die. How am I going to die of burning in the snow? And so I can tell you that I don't know that I could have said even if he doesn't, but in their situation, the very thing that was supposed to hurt them set them free. I can't preach. can't preach. I got to get through this. Let's get back to the text. They know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely intending to make my chains more painful to me. Now, this is a cool part, this next part. This is, this is something that only someone that has a sense of priority can say. Verse 18, it says, that doesn't matter. Some translations say, but what does it matter? All this stuff, it has happened to further the gospel. And then all this bad stuff's happening. People are preaching out of selfish ambition. But what does that matter? Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I will rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. I read out of the NLT most of the time because it's what I study out of. And I like it. I like the way it breaks things down. But I really like the way that NIV said that, that last verse. It says, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, (laughs) that what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Let's go on to about verse 22. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I read all of that to go back to verse 12. I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. We've talked about how it will happen, you know, they're, they're in the storm, in the middle of the storm, and Paul says, I believe that it will happen just as my God says it happened, and we look at that, and we can say, okay, well, storms position us, right, and then we, last week, we talked about how it had to happen, and how Paul didn't get, he didn't get sent to Malta to save him from the ship, He went to Malta for a greater purpose. And tonight I just want to kind of set this up and give you some some things that 
can help you apply these principles, but I'm not going to give you my sermon title yet. All right? Y'all going to have to wait for it. I don't think y'all are ready for it. Tonight, I want to bring this to a resolution, and I want us to reflect, right? I want us to reflect because I, I think that only through reflection we can have clear context. Sometimes, sometimes when you're looking at, at Jericho, you need that wall to fall so you can see what's inside that city. Sometimes we need to look back on some things and have a clear context about it. But I also want you to expect. Expect God to use this. Expect that God is using this to position you. Expect that God is going to show up in this situation because there's there sometimes I, I feel like there's not enough expectation. We pray about things and, and we go through things, but I, I sometimes I just don't feel like there's enough just enough expectation. Can we just expect? Can we be a church that expects God to do stuff? You know, because that, that's biblical, right? That, that, I, I know that there's, there's kind of this weird thing because sometimes I expect my son to listen to me. Mm. And sometimes he doesn't. I expect him to listen to me. And so sometimes that expectation seems a little selfish, but it's biblical. We're, we're to expect God to show up. And I want to read y'all something. I was in our leadership meeting this Monday, and I didn't know this about the church because I wasn't back yet. I know that it's been something that's kind of God's given to our church over the years, but I didn't know this particular thing. And Pastor Josh talked about it, the leadership meeting. He said, what, about five months ago when y'all received the word of the Lord? Um, God said, I'm going to bring a harvest of souls. Y'all remember what he said, though? He said that there's two directives, to prepare and to consecrate. I've been thinking about my time back here and just seeing what God's done and seeing the spirit of God that's been here. Doesn't it feel like that God's just preparing us? Doesn't it feel like that God's just, man, he's taken what we're willing to lay down and he's moving and he's doing it because he told us to do this and we're doing it. We're expecting God to show up. We're expecting God to bring a harvest of souls and he's doing it. He's faithful. I'm excited about this, guys, because I can read this and I can see it happening. Like, this isn't something that we can just get up here as a staff and say, God's going to bring us a harvest of souls. Every pastor is going to tell you that. We're seeing it happen because we're preparing and we're consecrating. We're reflecting and we're expecting And I want to ask you tonight, I want y'all to just silently ask yourselves this. Are you where you want to be, and are you ready for what's next? I ask myself this. Are you where you want to be? No. I'm not. But I'm ready for what's next. I'm ready for what God's doing in this season. I'm ready ready for what he's going to do through some of the situations that I've been through for some of the things that he's doing in my life. And that's the lesson that we can learn from Paul. I know this is a little bit less encouraging, but 
this is the good stuff. This is the hard stuff. This is the deep work, right? This is, this is the work that we need to, to just kind of be like, okay, I can do this. You know, it's, it's kind of it's easy to come and hear that, that revival broke out in Malta because Paul knew that he was going to Rome, so he knew he was going to do some things in Malta. But it's a little bit different when we can look. We'll have to give you all the title. I can't do it yet. Um, reflection. Reflection has almost become like a dirty word in the church, you know? Don't, don't look back on your past. Don't do that. And, and, and I agree with that to a certain extent. But re- reflection, when it's done right, it can be effective. It's when it's done incorrectly that it's ineffective, right? Because if we don't do it right, then what happens is, is we, we reflect on things and it leads us to resentment. You know, resentment is that, is that I can't believe that person did that to me. I can't believe that that happened to me. I can't believe that they're not here. I can't believe that this has happened to me. And sometimes that, that resentment leaves us paralyzed. It leaves us to a place to where we're really just, we're, we're kind of grinding our gears. We're trying to move forward, but we can't really believe that that happened to us. And, that, and that's unhealthy reflection. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all been there. Um, we get angry, we get resentful. Um, in addition to resentment, reflection can sometimes lead to regret. You know, that I can't believe I did that. I can't believe that, that I did that. And I want to tell you, those two, those two things are, are really the same because regret is just resentment turned inward. You know, you're not mad at somebody or you're not mad outwardly. You're mad inside. And so you feel that regret. But the right kind of reflection can lead you to resolution. Let that word just get in your spirit. Resolution, resolution. Paul demonstrates this reflection that leads to resolution in Philippians 1. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about Philippians because I'm in cemetery. And uh, I would be very remiss not to use the thing that I've paid 20 grand to learn, right? Um, so scholars say, that's, that's really a word for, I don't know who says it, but it's in a book that I paid $200 for, right? Um, <laughs> scholars say that Paul is writing the letter to, to the church in Philippi while he's in prison in Rome. Now, it's also talked about, it's talked about in Acts, and it's talked about just kind of in history that Paul is more under like this house arrest. He's allowed to have visitors. He's allowed to have people come and see him, but he's guarded. At least your pastor's not in prison, amen? That could get awkward, right? Pastor Josh, video message. Hey, guys. want you to know that the Kool-Aid has no sugar in it. It's terrible, but the peanut butter is good. Amen. Y'all don't know nothing about gel peanut butter. Some of y'all might know about gel peanut butter. I know about gel peanut butter. I'll tell you that story another time. Um, (laughs) We also know that in the end of the book of Acts, it talks about Paul being in prison, and it says that he's in prison under his, oh man, he's having to pay for it, right? He's having to pay for his own house arrest. He's in prison in Rome after being shipwrecked 
on Malta, just hit the pulpit, broke my finger. It's all right. Um, and he's been in prison for about four years, right? Y'all didn't see it? I just <laughs> and he's been bouncing around from governor to governor, and he still has no resolution. But Paul, in Philippians 1, he's demonstrating something that's really great, and it's really something that I want us to get. He shows us that our spirit doesn't have to reflect our situation. Paul's saying, man, <laughs> all this stuff, all this bad stuff. I mean, I read you all that stuff. People, people doing stuff in wrong motives and preaching the gospel in wrong motives. And we know that he's been shipwrecked. And we know that, that uh, he's in prison. And we know that he's having to pay for his own prison. But his spirit is to encourage the church in Philippi. He wants them to know that this that's happening to me has served to further the gospel. And that I know that through your prayers and through the Holy Spirit, that everything that has happened to me will lead to my deliverance. But the situation is still not unresolved. I want to tell you tonight, this is my main idea, my main purpose is resolution is not an event, it's a decision. That's hard to swallow. Resolution is not something that happens to us, it's somewhere where we go in our mind. It's somewhere where we can say, listen, I'm still, I'm still in prison, but you know what? I know that it's going to lead to my deliverance. I don't even know what the resolution is. I'm not going to lie to you. I might die here, but that's okay because that's going to be my deliverance because I'll get to be with Jesus. That's what Paul is saying to you. And Paul's not writing about what's happening to him. You know, He's, he's writing about really what's happening through him. He, he's writing about all the things that's happening, but what it's doing is the main point in this letter. And, and this is just the opening, you guys. This is just the, this is just the, hey, how you doing? Just want y'all to know that everything that's happened to me has served to further the gospel. The story that we tell is not dependent on the point of view that you have. It's, it's dependent on the, on the mindset and your context, right? And here's what God was telling me. I was, I was reading over my notes. And I was like, man, you know, what, what, what are you trying to say through this? Like, I know what you said last week. Sometimes we need our Malta. Sometimes Malta needs us, right? What are you trying to say tonight? What are you trying to, what are you trying to get? What's that idea? And I, I felt God tell me that we don't have to like what happened to celebrate the result. We need to celebrate with Paul. That's what he's telling the church to do. He, he's saying, hey, listen, everything that's happened to me <laughs> will serve for my deliverance. It's not about a boat or a storm. It's about a purpose. And then I started thinking about this other story. I want to tell you all about it because it's probably one of my favorite stories because it just shows the, the crassness of Jesus sometimes because 
you know, I know it's great to to think about Jesus as as the loving sheep petter Jesus, but sometimes he was really crass, and sometimes he said some stuff that it's like, okay, probably wouldn't have said that. It's what pastors call a seat opener, right? You know, it's like, oh, the church is getting too full. I don't want anybody to have to be in, you know, standing in the back wall or, or miss out or not have a seat. So I'm going to say this. So we, we clear up some seats, right? You know what that's like, Pastor Josh, right? This story is found in John chapter 11. And I'm just going to paraphrase it. But Jesus had a friend named Lazarus. Lazarus got sick, right? And Jesus was told that he was sick. And Jesus said, I... Don't worry, it will not end in death. And then Jesus continued preaching, continued ministering. And we know that Lazarus died. So, spoiler alert for John chapter 11. Lazarus dies. And then Jesus tells his disciples, he says, listen, our friend Lazarus is dead. He actually says asleep, but the disciples are like, "Ah, that doesn't make sense. He'll feel better if he sleeps. Amen. Listen. He'll feel better if he sleeps. I can preach on that for about the rest of the night. And Jesus says, no, our friend Lazarus is dead. But for your sake, I'm glad that I wasn't there because now I can proclaim the glory of God. And I was looking at that and I was looking at different translations because I'm like, man, that that that's pretty that's pretty good. That's pretty I'm glad that I was not there, but I was looking and I was doing word studies and stuff like that. But there's actually some translations that translates that as I'm glad it happened. That Jesus said, our friend Lazarus is dead, but I'm glad it happened. Because now I can proclaim the glory of God. Y'all know what my sermon title is tonight? I'm glad it happened. Say I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened. I'm not talking about the good things. I'm not talking about the good things that happened that we can easily praise God for. I'm talking about the things that people feel sorry for you about. The, the thing, have you ever had something happen and you're telling somebody and all they can say is, oh, man. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about those things. I'm talking about those things that, you know, all you could do is pray for somebody. All you can do is... is, is is pray peace for somebody, pray deliverance for somebody. Some of those situations that you don't even have words for. But I want us to consider for a minute that maybe some of the things that we've been praying that God delivers us from, God, God, stop the storm. I don't want to end up shipwrecked on Malta. God, at least if we're going to end up shipwrecked, let it be in Italy so that we can head to Rome. Some of the things that we're praying that God would do is the very things that he uses to position us to do great things. Some of those things are are instruments of change. It changes us, but it also changes people. Think about what we talked about last week. Paul wasn't that far from, from Italy, but he hit Malta because Malta needed Paul. Malta needed Paul to heal him and to preach the gospel. And then through Malta, Paul was supplied for the rest of his journey. The very thing that we would change, the very thing that we would not want to happen, the very thing that we're, that maybe sometimes we come and we ask God, why is this happening to me? 
why am I here? What are you trying to show me? Is the very thing that God uses to bring chains, change. Paul's saying, I want to go to Rome. I've always wanted to preach in Rome. I didn't think it'd be from prison. But you know what? Everything that's happened has served to further the gospel. Paul's rejoicing because resolution is not an event. It's a mindset, right? Let's come up front, if you will. I'm going to do some deeper stuff, but we're going to pray. Is that okay? Y'all come on up. Does this help somebody? As I'm reading about Paul, and we know that Paul just went through some stuff, man. And it's really encouraging because I know that sometimes we go through stuff. And I know that hearing these messages, it's always really awesome when you've just gone through something to hear messages like these because it's really encouraging. But if you're still in the middle of the storm and you're watching people throw stuff out of the boat and lose hope, or you're still on Malta and it's cold and it's unfamiliar, or maybe you've arrived at Rome and they tell you, listen, you're going to have to pay for your own prison. It's a little bit harder. It's a little bit harder. But Paul is saying, maybe if we, can, if we can just reflect, if we can look and we can say that everything, I'm still here, I'm still here, I'm still in prison. But this is what's happening because of everything that's happened to me. And then he uses that same phrase, he says, but everything that has happened to me, will lead to my deliverance. The very thing that you're trying to pray away and that you're trying to go through is your deliverance, right? As we start praying, and Larry, you can go ahead and start the music. I want you to look back. I want you to reflect, and I want you to look back on stuff that maybe you just went through or maybe you're going through. There's been that one. Even if you're not now, there's been that one. And I want to ask you, did it happen for my deliverance? Can, can I stand here tonight and say, I'm glad it happened. Because of everything that's happened to me, the gospel is being advanced. And if you can't, and I want you to pray tonight. That's what we're going we're gonna to start off with. And I've got some, there's some things that I feel like we need to pray about. But that's what I want to start with. Can, can we stand here tonight and say, I'm glad it happened. Because sometimes we can't. Sometimes we go through something and sometimes it's still new. And sometimes you can't sit there and say, I'm glad it happened. Sometimes you can't sit here under house arrest that you're having to pay for and say, I'm glad it happened. And so let's spend some time and let's just, let's just ask God to, to give us that attitude of, of that resolution's not an event, it's a, it's a decision. Let's bring ourselves through the, through the Spirit of God. Let's bring ourselves to the point 
to where we can say, I'm glad it happened. It's just been a couple of times, or a couple of minutes. Father God, I just thank you for everything that you're doing in and through this church and through your spirit. Lord, there's some things that that we wouldn't have chosen. There's some things that's happened. There's some storms. There's some shipwrecks. There's some, there's some prison cells that we're having to, to pay for in our lives, God. But thank you that, that we can look at Paul's example and say, I'm glad it happened. Thank you that we can stand here and declare that it was hard. It hurt. I wouldn't have done it on purpose. But God, I believe that everything that has happened to me is for the advancement of the gospel. Lord, let it be a great testimony to your power. Because this is the kind of stuff that we can't do on our own. This is the kind of stuff that we need you. This is the kind of stuff that makes us desperate. This is the kind of stuff that makes us expectant of your presence. Because this is the kind of stuff that when people see it in our lives, and we can stand here and say, I'm glad it happened. Because it did, I know it will lead to my deliverance. This is the kind of stuff that can't be done on our own, but just through the power of your spirit. But I also know that it's hard. And I know that some of us aren't there yet. And that's okay. That's okay. Because your spirit is there. You're faithful. You're there in this situation. We don't have to wait till the end for you to show up. And so, God, I pray for those that are still walking through it. And they're, they're here tonight, and they're like, man, this has been good, but I still can't say I'm glad it happened. Lord, show up in that situation. Give peace. God, give, give focus. Give perspective. Thank you, Jesus. If you would, just keep your eyes closed. I just want to ask you something tonight. Originally, I wasn't going to do this, but again, I, I preach my own messages. I don't want to give you all something that, that I wouldn't want to hear myself. And I felt like God was asking if there are those that are still going through stuff. And if there is somebody, just, if you would, just look up at me. Okay. Thank you. This has been heavy in my spirit. If we go back and we look and it says that because of your prayers and the power of the Holy Spirit, Because of your prayers, the power of the Holy Spirit. 
aren't you glad that we don't serve a God that just took away our sins and left? He got involved deeper. That's something that we're celebrating. That's something that, that this Sunday, you know, we're, we're celebrating the resurrection of Christ because that showed that he took away the sins. But you know what? He went deeper. He said, you know, I, I, I want to get closer. I want to be there. I don't want to just, I don't want to just take away sins. I want to, I want to be there. And so we've been kind of taking a little bit of time here lately to pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit. I want to do that tonight again. And we've also done this. If you've already been filled with the Holy Spirit, just pray that he'll do this. You know, Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said that it's through your prayers and by the power of the Spirit... And so let's spend a couple of minutes just just praying for that. Because I believe that God, man, thank you, Jesus. I believe that God's saying something through this. I believe that God's saying something through Paul's story, his jacked up story, his shipwreck, his, his cold, unfamiliar revival And then the place where he was trying to go, he's in prison. There's not even any resolution. He doesn't even know what's going to happen. That's you tonight. If you're in the middle of it, maybe you don't know what's going to happen. And that's okay because you can still have the resolution. So let's just spend a couple of minutes praying for the filling of the Holy Spirit. And then I'm going to shift gears and, and pray that, pray through these situations. Father God, if there's those here tonight that have not been filled with your Holy Spirit, God, I pray that you fill them because uh, the Holy Spirit is is what you have given us to give us that extra boost, that extra boldness, that extra power, that that ability to, to be still walking around the walls of Jericho, even though they haven't fallen but know that we still have the victory in it that power to be able to say that I don't know if I'm going to die here in Rome or if I'm going to get out I don't know what's going to happen but what I do know is there's a purpose in it I do know that God's in it I do know that that everything that has happened to me has served to advance the gospel and it will lead to my deliverance But as we ask for this, God, I know that you're faithful. I know that it's for us. I know that it's your will. I know that you're positioning this church and you're positioning these people. And so I pray that you fill them with that spirit so that they can look at these situations. And even in the middle of it, they can be able to proclaim it will happen. It had to happen, and I'm glad it happened. And for those here tonight that have been filled with your spirit, God, just give them more. Bring them to a a different place, God. Everyone here, I believe, they didn't just show up because they wanted to come to church on Wednesday. 
They showed up because they want more of you. They showed up because five months ago you said you're going to give us a harvest of souls and they want to they prepare and they want to consecrate. And we've seen that your spirit has been faithful. So we ask that tonight. And Father, for those that are still in the middle of the situation, let everything that that we can look for that happened to Paul and what he's saying to us and what your spirit's saying to us. God, let that get in deep. Let that get in deep, deeper than just coming and and hearing a message. Let it get in there. Let let this message not just be something for Wednesday, but let it be for for Thursday or Friday. God, those days that we're in the middle of this and we need to be reminded. We need to be reminded that you're there and that your purpose is being fulfilled. All right, if you will, just kind of look up at me for a couple of minutes. We can look at this. And we can see that Paul's really trying to tell the church in Philippi something. He's trying to get across this idea that, man, thank y'all so much for praying. But I want to let you know, I want to set some things straight. That everything that's happened, don't feel bad for me. Instead, I want you to realize that everything that's happened to me has served to fulfill the gospel. And I want to tell you, one of the most powerful things that we have as a Christian is our ability to go through stuff with the presence of God. And in the end of it, be able to say I'm glad I because that's something that few people can do. Something that few people can do. It's something that, that, that shows that we've been marked by something greater than just our own abilities. Because we live in a culture now that, man, when it, when it gets hard, people just lose hope. And through the stuff that y'all have gone through, the stuff that we go through, we can stand in front of a people and say, listen, no, 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 no. <laughs> listen, we're going to be saved from this ship. We're going to go to an island. And in that island where maybe you didn't want to go, maybe, maybe you think that it's hopeless because it's cold and unfamiliar, in that island we'll be supplied to go somewhere where we can share that we have a greater hope. That's the gospel. That we have a greater hope. I want to end tonight by kind of tying this back to where we were in Acts. This is found in chapter 28. It's just the last couple of verses and I've kind of paraphrased it a little bit but it it says for the next two years Paul lived in Rome he welcomed all who visited him boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ get this no one tried to stop him 
but he's in prison. He's in prison. What about the shipwreck? What about Malta? All these things that look like it was trying to stop Paul. No one tried to stop him. And so I want to end tonight by just proclaiming that I'm glad it happened. Because what what Paul's trying to say here is I'm glad it happened because now there's nothing stopping me. I've already been through my storm. I've already been through my shipwreck. I've already been through being bitten by a snake. I've been through the cold, unfamiliar place. I'm in prison. But you know what? Everything that has happened to me will lead to my deliverance. So there's nothing that can happen to me. There's nothing that can stop me. Sure, there's plenty of stuff that could try to stop me. But there's nothing that can stop me. Because of your prayers and because of the presence and spirit of God. I love you guys and I believe that I'm going to bring a harvest of souls. I need you to prepare and consecrate yourself. This is something the disciples needed Jesus. They needed to start in Jerusalem. Then they could go out to the ends of the earth. You get what I'm saying? They needed Jesus to be there, to to take them to that first step. Then Jesus said, start here, start here. And then go out to the ends of the earth. Because when this harvest of of people come in, they're going to be on some ships that's in a storm. They're going to be throwing stuff overboard. They're going to be like, man, all hope is lost. I haven't seen the stars in days. And you're going to be able to stand up and say, you know what? It will happen. I love you guys. I'm going to close just in prayer and just pray over you guys one more time and then we'll be dismissed. But please don't, please don't just go out here and, and be like, man, you know, that was cool and forget it. Let's let's remember that. Let's remember what God's doing because I've been praying like, God, why are you doing that? Like, I know you're positioning the church. I know you're positioning the people, but why are you doing that? And when I read that Monday night on this paper that I drew on because I'm ADD, I remember thinking, I'm like, that's why. That's why the people are going through storms. That's why the people are are laying stuff down. But that's also why God's healing. That's also why God's delivering. That's also why God's just showing, hey, I'm not going to stop the storm, but you know what? I'm faithful. But I need you to go to Malta. I need you to go to Rome. Father God, I thank you again for your word that it's true and that we have an example that speaks to us today in in 2018. An example that that we can say, man, just not there yet. But an example showing us that we, we can be. And God, even more, we expect that we will be. As we prepare to welcome 
this harvest of souls, God, as we consecrate ourselves for this, for this harvest of souls. It might come this Sunday. We expect it. And we pray that because of the things that we've been to, the things that we've been through, that it's for the advancement of the gospel. And the things that have happened to us will serve to be our deliverance. God, let it be so. We thank you again that you're there with us in the middle of it. We don't have to go through it alone. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Love you guys.